There are many misconceptions that we can have around the church, what we do at the church, what we believe at the church. Just this morning, after one of the masses, I had preached the same sermon, and someone came up to me and said, Father, I did not know you were a mystic. I'm like, did I say that? I didn't get exactly what you were saying, but you said you've been a mystic. No, 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 I said, for the time I've been in ministry. It's different. I'm no mystic. But we find a lot of different mistakes and misconfusions about the church. And, for instance, I found some very funny ones in, in the bulletins. Sometimes people write funny things on the bulletins as well. I found one that said, and these are actually um, real ones. We are grateful for the help of those who cleaned up the grounds around the church building and the rector, that is, the priest. On another one, talking about the priest who was ill or sick, they wrote, God is good, Father Steve is better. <laughs> and the last one, I, this is a favorite one. A staff member was sick, and so they wanted to give a little something about that person. They wrote, Barbara remains in the hospital and needs blood donors for more transfusions. She's also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor John's sermons. <laughs> so that's probably me. So it's easy to misunderstand also the gospel especially today's gospel. Does the Lord want us to be poor or go hungry or be sad or be hated? Because that's the Beatitudes. Happy the man or blessed the man who is hungry, who's poor, who's sad. So what does Jesus really want We can misinterpret the words of Jesus, especially these ones because they are so counterintuitive. What Jesus is getting at is not a condemnation of joy or food or money, but he's saying the following. He's saying, woe to you if that is all you seek, if that's all you want. And if you are content with it, woe to you, because you will miss so much more. There are so many other things that you will miss. Plus, you will not always have food on your table and money on your bank account, etc. So what the Lord's requiring for us is to go deeper not just to settle for what we have. Once there was a priest having a conversation with a young man about being a disciple of Jesus. And the priest the, kept talking with him, and the young man kept bringing up some excuses, some better than others. Well, at the end of the conversation, he finally said, Okay, Father, I want to be honest with you and straightforward. 
I cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ because I am too ambitious. And so the priest said, well, I think I am more ambitious than you are. And he clarified, he said, what do you ambition? What do you want? Do you want a big car, a big house, big bank account? What do you want? What's your ambition? I ambition more than you. I ambition God himself. I ambition heaven. Those are really great ambitions. You're not being ambitious at all. As a matter of fact, you ambition too little. And that's what the Lord is getting at, at the, in this gospel. He wants us to go for greater things, to have holy ambitions, great desires, to have sort of a good discontent, those, that kind of discontent that will push us forward to go for more. St. Paul, in the second reading, he says, If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are the most pitiable people of all. We have put our faith in Christ for more than just this life. And these kinds of desires or ambitions, we need to foster them. We need to nourish them. And more, we need to provoke them. They are like little plants on our nursery. Then you need to care for them if you want them to grow. And it may even happen in our relationship with God. Sometimes we accommodate our spiritual life. We stop searching for further growth. We settle. We say, well, it's okay. I'm fine. This is all. I'm good. And a sign is, how, what kind of questions do you ask in your spiritual life? When I was growing up, I'm a cradle Catholic. I went to Catholic school. And I always ask the wrong questions growing up. And all my questions were about what I needed to do to fulfill my religious duties. My questions were always about what was the bare minimum that I had to do to then be able to go on doing my own stuff. And so my favorite question that I remember from those days is asking actually a priest at school, Father, how, how late can I come to Mass and still be valid? So if I don't listen to the gospel, can I still go up to communion? Or raising my hand in catechism classes and say, basically, well, how much can I mess around before this becomes a real serious or moral sin? You know, I'm in big trouble. And I remember being little, being at Mass, and counting the minutes. Like I remember at 11 past, we should be reading the gospel. And if not, this, we are way behind schedule. And this is, this is going to be awful. And woe to the priest who there to say, please sit down for the announcements. My gosh, you know, that was terrible. Another homily. What's going on? For me, everything was too much. Everything was too much. But sometimes we live that way. Everything we 
God asks of us, is, well, this is too much. Why is he doing this to me? When I went into seminary, one very holy priest used to say, God does not demand too much of us. He demands all. God wants you totally, not just part of you. He wants you completely. He wants your entire soul and heart, not just one hour a week. So that's not the kind of questions we have to ask. The kind of questions we have to ask are the ones that will help us grow. And while for some everything is too much, for others and for the one who loves God, nothing is enough. And that should be our goal. Nothing is enough when it comes to God. And so we should be asking what I would call generous questions. Questions like the followings. What is the next step to grow, for me to grow? How can I move to the next level in my spiritual life? What else can I learn from you, Jesus? Am I pleasing to you? How can I make you happier? Those are the kinds of questions that are not just transactional, but relational and filled with love for our Lord. I have been a priest for 10 years and been a missionary for way more than that. And I feel, looking back on my missionary years, that I have done so little and I haven't done enough for my Lord. And I hope you feel the same way, that you haven't done enough yet for him and that you need to return to him much more than what you have been doing or giving back. And not just in time, but in your entire heart. This first attitude that I was commenting on to just seek for the bare minimum, it might happen that we feel okay if we do that, that we feel content, not dissatisfied at all, maybe. And the reason for that <clears throat> is that God satisfies each one of us in the measure that we want to be satisfied. If you were to go to the Niagara Falls and you would have in your hand a tequila glass, a small tequila glass, and you would put it under the falls, you would walk away with a full glass, tequila glass of water, right? But if you approach the same falls with a huge mug and you put it under the fall, you would still get a full glass of water. And if you go with a bucket, it would be full. And if you go with a pool, it would be full. So the problem is not the falls. The problem is the container. The problem is not on God's part. The problem is in the size of our heart. How big is your heart? How big are your desires? Are your desires shrinking 
or expanding, growing? Are you making your desires just to fit this earthly life we live in? Or are you enlarging those desires to fit into heaven? When Mother Teresa of Calcutta started the, the Sisters of Charity, she heard the voice of Christ very clearly. I thirst from the cross, those words. I thirst. And she understood that Jesus meant, I thirst for souls. I want souls. That's what I want. And so if you go to any convent of the Sisters of Charity, you will find a huge cross and the sign right there, I thirst. But it occurs to me that it not only says something about Jesus, but it also says something about Mother Teresa. She really thirsts for God. She never said, this is enough. I already founded 80 convents all around the world. I'm done. I'm good. I'm going to go to heaven anyways. She never had enough. She always wanted to help more the poor and get more sisters and do more service. In medieval cathedrals and in cemeteries as well, and if you go to Italy, you might come across one of these. This was very common to write on the doors. Deo, uh, it's a Latin phrase, Deo optimo maximo. This has nothing to do with Father Maximo. But the phrase is it's the same. Deo optimo maximo, which translates into English as to God most good, most great. So to God, we will give the best of us. We'll give the great, greatest that we have. And that should be also our attitude this week at least and if you cannot come up with generous questions I would ask you to consider three generous questions that St. Ignatius of Loyola made long time ago but that they could be very helpful for us as well he asked the three following questions what have you done for Jesus What are you doing for Jesus? What will you do for Jesus? Let's enlarge and expand our desires so that the Lord may fill us with his abundance.